Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 15? Episode 15? I don't have this no, pulled I up. Done. I assumed you would know. <laughs> I was like, I don't nope. need to look this up. Autumn knows. <laughs> nope. <laughs> it is 15, yes, that is correct. Okay, episode 15 of Invented Aeroplane, our Studio Ghibli podcast. I'm Autumn, and I'm joined by M. Hello, it's anime time. Doesn't really We're have the same here. ring, does it? <laughs> no, not quite. Um, I also, I haven't pulled up, like, who directed this movie. I don't think I ever even looked it up. All right, I will do this then. Uh, okay. We are covering, uh, this time, The Cat Returns, which is a 2002 film directed by Hiroyuki Morita, uh, screenplay by Reiko Yoshida, based on The Cat Returns, a manga by Oe Hiragi. Uh, Oe Hiragi wrote, uh... Whisper the Heart. And after the anime film was popular, uh, they were all both contacted by a theme park to create a 20 minute short about cats. Um, and so they worked on this project and then the theme park was like, actually, we take it back. We don't want this. And so Miyazaki was like, well, we have this idea and this manga like is kind of in the works and already out or whatever. And we're going to just use this as a test bed for a new director. Uh, Morita was a Ghibli, uh, key animator on, um, my neighbors, the Yamadas. Um, and, uh, they had just kind of worked on like in betweens on Kiki's, just an anime ass director. Mm-hmm. Um, after this, mm-hmm. he went on to work on like, Technolize and Ghost of Shell 2 Innocence and Tales from Earthsea. Just like, you know, doing the work. Uh, okay. So, um, it seemed, oh, okay. I was going to say, it seems like this is his only director credit, but there's a couple things after this, not much. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Bokurano movie of some sort or TV series, sorry. Bo- yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what that is, but anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, do you want to sum up the movie, or do you want me to sum up the movie? You can sum up the movie. Okay. Um, I'm just going to read the first paragraph of the Wiki- Wikipedia to get my bearings again. Um, so, this movie opens on like a shot of the uh, antique place from Whisper of the Heart, and that is the last time that Whisper of the Heart is ever referenced in this movie. Um, Haru is, uh, just your average, like, 14 or 15 year old Japanese schoolgirl. Um, she wakes up late, uh, every morning and her mom, I think she has a single mom who's kind of teasing toward her and she's just having a really rough day, um, in a very, like, normal anime type of way, uh, as she's walking home from school, her and her best friend, um, I can't find this person's name now, uh, but her and her best friend are talking about boys and, oh, the boy that Haru has a crush on is dating someone and blah, blah, blah. And they see a weird looking cat and the weird looking cat, uh, that's care. Oh, it's carrying a little present and they see it and it almost gets hit by a truck and Haru grabs a lacrosse stick and runs in front of the truck like Yusuke from Yu Yu Hakusho and saves her, saves the cat, but she does not die like Yusuke. Um, and, uh, the cat like stands up and thanks her. And she's like, oh my God, that cat can talk. And she goes home and her mom was like, oh, well, when you were a little girl, you, uh, told me you could talk to cats and you like, uh, gave food to a cat one time. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I've just always been able to talk to cats. Um, it's not quite like that. Anyway, 
Um, <laughs> they, she goes to sleep. She has a dream where she is, she has a dream, quote unquote, where she is visited by the Cat King and a, like, like, just a ton, a ton, a ton of cats. Um, the cats say, uh, the Cat King says, you saved the prince and we are so grateful for you for doing that. So we are going to shower you with gifts. And so she wakes up the next day and outside of her uh, friend's apartment, they the cats have left like dozens and dozens and dozens of lacrosse sticks. Um, at her house, they've planted um, cattails. She goes to her locker at school and it's filled with mice because the cats think that she wants to eat mice. Uh, and Haru's having another bad day. And she meets another cat. And this cat's like, okay, we decided we're going to take you to the cat kingdom and you're going to marry our prince. And she says, no, I don't want that. They, uh, but the cat's like, no, we're going to, you're going to go marry the prince and it's going to be great. And she's like, I don't want to marry a cat. <laughs> they, and she hears, they, they part and she hears a voice that's like, Haru, you should go to the cat bureau. They'll help you like with your problems. And so she goes to the cat bureau and she meets the Baron, the cat from the Whis uh, Whisper of the Heart. Um, and uh, he's very dashing and he runs the cat bureau uh, and he's going to help her with her problems. Uh, and we meet Muta, who is uh, the object of a lot of fat jokes throughout the rest of the movie. Uh, he is another cat. Uh, and we meet um, a crow who is largely unimportant. Um, some cats show up at the Baron's house and kidnap her to the Cat Kingdom. Uh, and uh, the Baron and the Crow and Muda give chase and they follow her to the Cat Kingdom. Uh, when she's there, uh, she lands in a little village and she meets a little white cat. That will be important later. Um, she goes to the Cat Palace. She starts transforming into a cat. The Cat King and his advisor keep being like, you're going to marry the prince. It's going to be great. We're going to be great. And she's like, I don't want to marry the prince. I don't want to be a cat. I want to go home. And they're like, no, you're going to marry the prince. It's going to be fine. Hijinks ensue as like she has this awful dinner where they're trying to entertain her while they're waiting for the prince to get home. Um, she continues to transform into a cat. The Baron shows up and like looking like Zorro and helps her escape and more hijinks ensue as they like escape through a maze and the troops are chasing them through the maze and they're climbing over the maze and it becomes just kind of a long set piece uh, in the last moments, but uh, suffice to say they get to the place where they have to, she has to go to escape the cat kingdom and the cat prince shows up and is like, actually, I'm going to marry that little white cat that you saw earlier. And that little white cat is actually the cat that you saved when you were a little girl, uh, Haru. And you just need to believe in yourself. And if you trust in yourself, then you will stop being a cat and you'll be able to escape. And the cat king is like, you should marry me, Haru. And Haru's like, no, I won't do that. And then they go home. <laughs> That's basically it. It's a very light movie, despite how long-winded my summary got. 
Yes. Um, it does end with her admitting to the Baron that she has a crush on him, and he's like, well, I'm glad you're so confident, and then leaps <laughs> off the building to fly away. It's so good! <laughs> it also, there's a little epilogue where um, she's talking to her friend. She wakes up, like, before her mom, and she's made breakfast, and she's reading the newspaper, and she's her friend's like, oh, that boy you have a crush on broke up. And she's like, oh, I don't need a relationship with a boy. I'm self-confident. I'm a furry now. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, who wouldn't date the Baron? No, yeah, no, sometimes you just uh, find the perfect man for you and he's a humanized cat and you don't need anything else. You've suddenly become confident. Your skin is clear. (laughs) Um, Do we want to do voice actors? (laughs) Uh, I didn't really, I didn't really gather that many because, uh, much like the rest of these Ghibli movies, uh, the voice actors honestly aren't that particularly interesting. A lot of like actor actors. Uh, the only one that's really worth pointing out is, uh, Muda's voice by, uh, is Muda the one I want to pull out? No, it was the king. Um, the cat king is voiced by Tetsuro Tanba, who is a v- actor who has been working for decades. He was in the James Bond film, He Only Lived Twice, which is a very racist movie about James <laughs> Bond going to Japan, uh, where Sean Connery dresses like a Japanese man uh, and Oof. looks like a Romulan doing so. Um, but he's in literally dozens of movies. Um, but otherwise, honestly, the one that's notable here is, like, this movie has a weirdly stacked English dub cast. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, which uh, stars Anne Hathaway as Haru. Uh, Carrie Ellis obviously comes back as the Baron. Uh, Peter Boyle as Muta. Uh, Elliot Gold as Toto. Uh, Tim Curry voices the Cat King in, like, a weird, like... It's just good, but it's a very, it's like a, it's like a bold choice for this kind of movie, I feel like. I wouldn't have identified um, him as Tim Curry, honestly. Like, he's, I don't know. It's, he's really good, but I wouldn't have thought it was Tim Curry if I didn't look. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's strange, because, like, this movie's, like, relatively well-regarded, but it's not, like, a huge film in the Ghibli canon. Mm-hmm. Um and it came over in the US like in 2005 like it was after a lot like most of the slate i wonder if this was one of the first like this had never come out here before movies to get the disney release i don't have a good timeline of when the disney put out the ghibli movies yeah it's i guess it's easy to imagine that like if they put this out here right after spirit away won the oscar like they had the budget to do a big cast like this maybe i don't know well, that was like 2001, like that Spirit Away happened. And then all the rest of the movies came with their new dubs with all right. the Disney stars. And then this is like a little later, I feel like, um, just going by our memory of what we've talked about so far. So it is just kind of surprising. I don't know what it is exactly. I appreciate it because like it's a, it's a pretty good dub. Yeah, um, it is. The, the, the thing about this movie that's like, is interesting to me is, uh, because of its production history, you, you kind of want to blame that, but it's also just 2002 now. It looks like an anime film in the way that most of the Ghibli movies do not. Like, Haru is is an anime protagonist. Yeah, it almost looks cheap. I, it, I don't know. It, I almost would have thought that this would be the TV movie. You know, not Ocean yes. Waves. Um... Yeah, but if you told me if you told me Haru was like the protagonist of like a Hosoda film or something, I would believe right, you. Right. <laughs> like I would not identify this as Ghibli except for a couple things like the Baron. Um, yeah. 
One other really quickly um, voice actor I want to shout out, and I cannot remember who this character is, but apparently Buffy's mom is in this movie, <laughs> which I almost oh, really? gasped at when I just noticed it. Christine Sutherland. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Naoko. I don't know who Naoko is. I don't know either. Is that just one of her friends? It's not her main friend, I don't think. No, her main friend is Hiromi, which is Kristen Bell. Um, okay. But this is 2002, and I think like Kristen Bell wasn't that famous yet. Well, I don't know when no. dub came out off the top of my head. So. Oh, she's the mom. Oh, okay. She's yeah. she's good at playing the mom. Yeah. Well, weird. <laughs> <laughs> um. Famous mom actress continues to play moms. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is like just a, like, really, if you've ever seen an anime that does like a random um, Alice in Wonderland episode, like Oran, Hi- uh, Oran Host Club does this, like, it's just that. It's just Ghibli doing a, like, totally inconsequential, like, uh, Alice in Wonderland riff, and it's good. I like this movie a lot, but I have nothing <laughs> to say about this. My one. my main touchstone of doing a random Alice in Wonderland is the OVA of Miyuki Chan in Wonderland, which is Clamp's Yuri Alice in Wonderland riff. Okay. <laughs> which, uh, if you ever want, like a, ooh, it's a time. Um, I saw that as a teen because um, the girl I was dating was really into it. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I've ever seen like Disney Alice in Wonderland, honestly. Um, it's it's all right. It's pretty good. I think all my touchstones for Alice in Wonderland are reading the book when I was twelve and um, various animes doing Alice in Wonderland episodes. Um, okay. I'm trying to think. This is also just like extremely an autumn core movie. That's the other thing. Um, as I was watching this movie, I was tweeting a lot of screenshots of Cat TF Girl. Um, I don't have anything to say about that. It's just my aesthetic that I like a lot. Uh, great. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a picture of um, Yuki Chan in Wonderland. Um, the thing about this is all of the characters are are women in this adaptation. Okay. Um, here we go, Queen of Hearts. I'm pretty sure that's who this is. Okay. Yeah. This is a lot to take in suddenly. This... <laughs> <laughs> Correct. What other anime is Clamp done? I know that name from somewhere. I mean, Clamp is famous for a bunch of manga. They did Cardcaptor Sakura. They did right. Chobits. They did Wish. Um, this. <laughs> a lot of things. Yeah, I think I think Card they, 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 is... they did the character design for Code Geass, but they are not involved with the actual like anime production. Okay. I can kind of see the the through line from here to Code Geass character design. <laughs> yes. Um. Sorry for derailing this for anime crimes. No, it, it's fine. No. I'm gonna make this the episode art. I don't control that, but <laughs> <laughs> I make the episode art. So no, you're not. Coward. Um. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I, this movie is like just, it's just nice in like a very like unassuming way. Um, I like this adventure into the cat world. I think it works like as an Alice Wonderland riff works better by not being involved with any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It just presents like 
the ideas of going to a magical land as a coming of age story, but not framed so explicitly in like Alice lore in kind of the same way that like Labyrinth does. Um, and, and in fact, like the bit where they're actually going through the giant maze leading to the tower is extremely Labyrinth. The last time I watched Labyrinth, I did just fast forward through and watch the David Bowie scenes, which took about 15 minutes and then I stopped. Oh, that's a shame. The rest of the movies are really good too. It's fine. It's okay. Um, I just like David hater. Bowie. Hater. You're just a hater. <laughs> I need Dance Magic Dance. The rest of the movie's okay. I need that MC Escher scene. Um, yeah, I guess that's all I need from that movie. Okay. I think it's. I think it deserves more accommodation than that. But whatever. <laughs> We're not here to argue about labyrinth. Um. Uh, so a couple things. One, uh, Muda is like a long string of running fat jokes, but also he's the best, and I love every scene he's in. Yes, no, he like it makes up for it by him just stealing the show at all times. Um, yes, he's wonderful. Because they also just play him as like the Yakuza tough, basically. Right. <laughs> well, and also because it, it, like the Baron is the Baron is extremely like the fancy guy, and then uh, Muda is his heavy, just like rolling up, being gruff and lovable, and then getting shit done when necessary. I like. I almost hollered uh, at the end where he reveals like, "Oh, I'm actually this famous criminal, and everybody's scared of me." Like. Oh, he's been unassuming the whole movie, but he has, like, this card up his sleeve that he's been waiting to play. It was good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, his crime is eating all the fish in the lake. <laughs> yes. Um, I liked that crow a lot, and it was kind of a bummer to me that the crow just disappears for most of the movie. Yeah, it's a shame. Oh. Though it does lead to, like... Honestly, a, a shot that's so good, I'm surprised a like more popular Ghibli movie didn't steal it of her walking down the spiral of crows at the very end of the movie. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Yeah, it's really good. And it like extremely showy in a way where like, I don't know why you wouldn't just reuse this in a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it mirrors the um the like scene where all the cats are basically like the cats like lift um Haru up and like carry her away and it was like just really amusing because the cats like are kind of one mass in that moment and so then like the yes. crow is doing the same thing later it was like oh nice yeah um, trying to think of any yeah, I mean they you go oh I was gonna say the the Baron sword fight with the cat king is literally like lifted straight out like it it starts like it's about to be the big Lupin clock tower I was literally fight, about to say it's the Lupin pit the, the platform breaks and like the bad guys fall to another platform immediately. It's very good gag. She's like, Oh, they're just gonna, they're just gonna do this. They're just gonna do a whole fight scene. And no, they do not. Oh, I wasn't even thinking of that. I was thinking of, um, at the very end when, um, the Baron and the cat King both have their swords drawn on each other. And like, Oh yes, that was an extremely lupin moment. Um, yes, but even that one ends up playing out with like the samurai single strike and then it's over because mm -hmm. this movie's 75 minutes. We don't have time for that. Yeah, no, <laughs> because yeah, if the God, if the like, if either of those had been big fight scenes, like this would suddenly be a 90 minute movie and that would be no good. <laughs> no, um, no, this movie's a, a nice is a nice 75 minutes and it doesn't need to be any longer than that. Mm -hmm. uh, I've been having like just a rough week, just like personally. And so like 
knowing that I had to watch this movie for the podcast, I kept putting it off. I'm like, I don't have time for a movie. And then realizing last night, I was like, oh, it's 75 minutes. <laughs> and then it's like the yeah. most breezy 75 minutes ever, as opposed to Ocean Waves, which was like an excruciating 75 minutes for me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna relitigate ocean waves. I'm just not gonna do it. You can't make me. Um. Gosh. Also, the moment. The moment where they all fall down and like the. The other character who I think really steals the show a lot of the time is the Cat King's secretary guy. Um, oh yes. And him just being. I don't remember if this is the dub or the sub, but he like. Is like, oh, we must have uh, hired bad contractors building the tower. <laughs> yeah, he's just a great, he's just a great sidekick character. Mm-hmm. Him and the king go off to retire together. Uh, gonna be good. Yeah. Love it. There's a really good moment. One of the weird... You go. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the weirdest things in that, in that movie, uh, and I, it's only in like a couple shots, but in the big party scene, there are dogs there that are yes. just dogs. Yeah. <laughs> The dogs don't talk. They're not, they're not people. They're just, they're just big. They're like, you know, size to the cat size dogs. So they're enormous dogs just standing there. And I thought they were going to be the palace guards, but then there are green cats that are the palace guards. Yes. Um, the thing I was going to say is one of my favorite gags in the movie was, um, the, the cat king and the secretary, like, meeting Haru and the cat king being like, Oh, well somebody told me that you had consented to marry the prince. And then the, uh, the, um, secretary is like, yeah, someone else told me that too. And they're just like, prove us wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Hard to say no to a pushy king. They are the king. Yeah, uh, otherwise it's kind of a slight movie. I don't know if I have a whole lot else to talk about. Yeah, I think, like, when we get to the end of this, like, podcast, I will think back very fondly about this movie, and it might, like, be higher in my rankings than I expected to, but, like, there's nothing to yeah. say. It's just very sweet. Yeah, I was really looking forward to rewatching this, because I had seen it many years ago and thought it was great, um, and it, yeah, still holds up. Um, cause I kind of forgotten most of the plot of Whisper of the Heart, but I did remember that The Cat Returns is like a fun sword fighting Alice in Wonderland, like just side story that rules. Yeah. I was also like, there was a little part of me that was like bummed out that there was going to be a Whisper of the Heart spinoff that had nothing to do with the stuff I cared about. But this game, mm-hmm. like, or not this game, this movie won me over. <laughs> <laughs> Curse of gamers. <laughs> this movie won me over despite that, uh, initial bummer uh the, the one thing that's like weird and unaddressed is uh the baron in this has just become like he's still a statue that comes to life and he like in his house he has like the picture of the other statue like his his lover that disappeared or whatever but he's become a weird like cats can't be trusted so i help manage their affairs for other species cop yeah like he's like a private eye for anyone who's not a cat who just needs to deal with some cat business which is such a weird like plot beat well and also when he shows up um he's he does like some exposition where he's like oh yes this is the cat bureau and in this little square a bunch of things like like statues and figurines and paintings that like the creator really pours their soul into like get a soul and they come live here and i thought that's what this movie was going to be about and that's never brought up again (laughs) 
No. Instead, he specifically handles problems of the cat kingdom, which is not where all the cats live. It's where, like, a specific subset of cats who, like, believe in their own... Like, he, he posits almost like they broke off and created their own society in this magical land, but also what they did was elect a king, and it's like a weird fairy tale, uh, like, you know... Uh, feudal system that sucks, right? <laughs> like, right, because there's also a moment where um, this the advisor says, like, don't do that, your approval ratings will plummet. And it's like, is he elected? <laughs> is that how this goes now? Uh, no one applied that much rigor <laughs> to... Uh... Yeah, I thought about it, and then I hadn't thought about it again until I just remembered it. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's all I have, if that's all you have. We have some questions, so... Oh, cool. I almost thought there would be questions. No, we have uh, three emails. Uh, if you'd like to send in emails, you can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, we have one from Adam. Uh, has three questions. First one was, uh, do you feel like this doesn't have a the Ghibli style? Yeah, we answered that. Yeah. That's true. What other minor characters from Ghibli movies do you think should get their own spinoff movies? Um, let me look at a list of Ghibli movies real quick. I wouldn't be opposed to a spinoff movie for, um, the grandma from, uh, Laputa. Oh yeah, that's fair. The Sky Pirates. Yeah, the Sky Pirates movie. I would, if that was a 75 minute romp that didn't matter, I would love that. Um... I would I would like a, a movie about Lynn in the bathhouse from Spirited Away. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Even just like a a thirty minute short about like her having yes. a rough day at work would be perfect. Yes. Um. I my gut says that there might be like a character in Arietti that fits this bill, but I can't think of who that would be because it's been I haven't seen Arietti since it was in theaters in the U.S. Um, yeah, me either. Um, I, w- I would recommend that there's an entire book series that's a spinoff of Arietti, if that's your interest. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fair. I kind of forgot that that is based on some books. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like Laputa is like maybe the richest movie for just like, oh, that character's endearing. Like, I can't think of a character from Porco Rosso that I would want to have a spinoff. And that was my other gut instinct. Well, no, it's just going to be Curtis in America, and that's going to suck. Right. No one wants that. <laughs> God, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If I could just get like a 15-minute short about uh, Ursula in uh, Kiki's, that'd be good, too. Oh, yeah. I love Ursula. Yeah. Who doesn't? Uh, and then the third question, uh, which I think is aimed to me. I don't know if you have the context for this. Who is the better anime uh, cat boyfriend, the Baron or Nyanta from Log Horizon? Yeah, I don't know Log Horizon. Uh, <laughs> I would say Nyanta, probably. I'm looking this up. Um, just because he seems more personable. Um, the Baron is uh, is a little aloof, a little self-serious. Uh, Nyanta is just like a nice guy. Also, he cooks, and we have never seen the Baron cook a delicious meal. Nyanta is a chef oh, and a swordsman. I love so. him. Oh my yes. god. <laughs> I've got to watch Log Horizon for this cat boy. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm going to I'm just going to put that away in my brain. Um 
I'm gonna spend the rest of this episode staring at this boy though. I love him. Uh, we have an email from Lotus uh, asked, how do you feel this movie compares to other films with a similar premise and plot? Is there anything you feel this movie does particularly well compared to other Ghibli films? Because I can't remember anything the movie does do super well. Uh, despite being a movie all about cats, uh, it feels kind of formulaic and not super memorable aside from the visual designs. Uh, which, yeah, no, I don't disagree. Yeah, I don't disagree. I just think I have a higher opinion of the movie than this person does. Um... I mean, you know, it's fine if a movie is not particularly deep uh, when it's like, yeah, this is a this is a nice dessert. Like, you know, you just have a day where you want to put on a movie and have a good time. This will have this will give you a good time, and you've only wasted an hour and fifteen. You know? Yeah, I think I've spent an hour and fifteen minutes doing way stupider things than watch this movie again. Yeah, for sure. Like, I've gotten into Rune Terra. Like, I spent an hour doing a lot worse than this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we said similar things about uh, Yamada's. I think Yamada's has a little more to it than this movie does um yes for sure but i they're very much in the same category in my head of just like just very endearing light movies that yeah you could absolutely just put on for an afternoon and yeah yeah i mean the yamandas is like takahata who is very good at his job making a thing that is meant to be light versus this which is just kind of light and there 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 is a big gulf between those two things oh for sure for sure um yeah, I don't think that the, like, I think this person, I think Lotus is right that this is formulaic and that it doesn't do a lot to stand out. I just think that it is mm. very good at the thing that it's doing. Yeah. I agree. Uh, across the board. We have questions from Tron. Uh, who's your favorite character in this movie? Um, tough? Tough call. I actually might say Haru simply because I just like imprinted really hard on Haru of just like, oh yeah, that's how I react in that situation. And I am also uh, infatuated with cats. Uh, I love cat TF girl. I think I would uh, say Muda. I think Muda's pretty good. Muda's definitely the runner up. Muda's real good. Just a real <laughs> scene stealer. Um, uh, what is your favorite looking shot or scene in this movie? Uh, mine's definitely the crows, her walking down the crow spiral at the end. It's really good. Also, the idea that she, uh, the, the movie like walks it back a little, but there's a bit where she like, she walks down the spiral crows to her, the roof of her school at like the crack of dawn because that's when the time runs out of her turning into a cat forever. And I was like, wait, they expected her to just go to school after all this? <laughs> Just like walk down the stairs into class. Thankfully, it's like Saturday. She gets to go home. But it's very weird in that moment where I'm like, wait a second. What is the ending of this movie? Um, I might say there's like a sequence very early on. I think it's when she's looking for the cat bureau and doesn't really know where she's going. That's just her walking around um, Tokyo, uh, which was really striking to me because there's like it is recognizably the tokyo of whisper of the heart but is, there's also like a hint of like the the town from kiki too where there are just like signs that say like croissants and danishes um yes they like yeah because there's a there, there's a bit where she like because like part of it is her walking down modern 2002 tokyo but the, then she like turns an alley and enters like the disneyland version of tokyo exactly and they like kind of mix like two or three different aesthetics in a really good way. Um, yeah. Probably somewhere in that sequence would be one of their favorite shot. Also, I got a screenshot of a sign that said funky 69 in there. So, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Um, alright. Um, let's see. Uh, both Lotus and uh, Tron call out the fat jokes on Muda. Yeah, they're bad. They're not great. Yeah. To watch anime is to be constantly like the fat character's personality trait is being fat. Um, and I, even even the like good ones still do that all the time. Mm-hmm. It is just the nature of uh, the genre. I feel like which sucks. It seems like it was better in the subtitles than in the dub. The dub, like I kept noticing, like oh, you're putting in a fat joke here that was not in the subtitles at all. It's still not great huh, in that's the subtitles. Yeah, no, because they still, like, poke fun at him. The weird thing about anime is, like, so much of it ends up being, like, this is not to excuse it. It's just the observation of this thing. As a fat person, I can be allowed to say this. <laughs> um, it feels like so much of it is, like, any person who has a distinctive personality trait, that becomes the thing people talk about all the time, just as, like, the default. Like, if you are the character with big boobs, or you're the character who's fat, or you're the character that's short, it's always that thing becomes, like, the way in which people reference you in like unrelated to their opinions or personality, like personality of that character. Like oftentimes fat jokes are leveled at characters that are not necessarily like read as mean spirited, but feel in the context of the show, just like, this is how we point out how you are an individual and everything else is like irrespective of that. And it's weird. Yeah. Like there's a moment, um, there's a moment where the secretary like sees Muda and in the subtitles is like, where do I know him from? And then the dub says, where do I know that fatso from? And it's just like, and it doesn't feel malicious. It just feels like that's what they decided to translate that to. Like, and it mm. is malicious, but it doesn't feel like intentional about it. It's just bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, that's, that's, I think that's all the Tron questions. So thanks again. If you want to send an email again, podcast, at neuralmapping.com. We'll be back in three weeks, hopefully. Uh, I know this one's been a little shaky about when we record, but life happens. Mm-hmm. Um, life keeps happening. <laughs> yes, it does not stop. Um, but we'll be back next time with Howl's Moving Castle, which I have not seen since it was in theaters. That was the first Ghibli movie I saw in a theater as it came out. I have only seen the first ten minutes of it, and I think that boy at the start is really hot. So that's all I gotta say. Okay. <laughs> I don't have an opinion on that. I remember, I remember kind of not liking the movie, but I don't remember anything about it. So we will see. Uh, I remember a couple things, but we'll get to it. Uh, Christian Bale's in that movie, right? Is that uh, whatever? Yes, I think he voices Howl. Okay. Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, plugs. You can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore coffee. You can find uh, my other podcast um, at. Sorry, I just blinked. ExportAudio slash ExportAudio. You can go to, to the Patreon for Export Audio, which supports that podcast and a bunch of others at ExportAudio.io. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. Uh, you can check out me talking about anime. Uh, everyone knows Gundam. It, listen to our uncle's beach house, which is me and Jackson's usually Patreon-driven show of people who pledge to our Patreon, want to come on, or ask us to talk about things. Uh, we recently put up an episode on Trigun and Wolf Children. We are recording an episode on Phoenix Volumes 5 through 8 uh, in just a couple days. It'll be up shortly after this goes live. Um and then we're moving on to Bodacious Space Pirates, I think, is at the end of the month. So a lot of stuff happening. Uh, always watching anime. Um, and check that out. 
it's a good it's a good show because we're we we don't have any real control over what we watch so we end up watching way more like wild things than we choose for gundam which is pretty funneled down to mecca yeah i wish i listened to it more but i'm just like y'all because of the patreon nature of the show y'all watch stuff at a pace that i extremely don't (laughs) uh yeah no tell me (laughs) tell me about how much anime so fast these days um it happens what are you gonna do uh so yeah we'll be back we'll be talking about howl's moving castle and i don't think either of us intend to read the book so you know we'll just talk about the movie (laughs) though i'm we're coming up on earthsea i guess i should work on that anyway yeah i'm definitely not reading that book either yeah i don't i don't think that you'll get much out of it but i will anyway We'll get there when we get there. Uh, until next time, we don't have a sign-off. Uh, keep Gundam-ing. No. In <laughs> fact, do not keep Gundaming. It is a moral imperative to stop Gundaming. <laughs>
祈るように。